Melvin Gordon got a DUI. Jordan Woods, former best friend of Kylie Jenner, has a boyfriend. Cam Newton is back, and it's Tua time. All of that and more on this week's episode. Welcome in, fam. Welcome to episode four, week four of It Sports This. Let's get to it. So, Sarah, first things first, Melvin Gordon got a DUI. And just so we clarify, Melvin Gordon is the running back for the Broncos. Yes. So he, how long, do you know how old he is, Christine? I don't know how old he is, but I know how fast he was going and he was going really fast. He was going 71 and a 35. He was drunk. I mean, I was looking up these articles about Melvin Gordon and the DUI, right? So he was so drunk, Sarah, he was slurring his words and he got out of the car to do um, a DUI test, you know, the drunk driving test yeah. where they make you walk the line. Yes. He stood up and started swaying back and forth. Like he couldn't even stand up straight. So, wow. And so he gets pulled for going 71 and a 35, fails the field sobriety test, probably blows Lord knows what. Definitely right. over over the legal limit and the Denver Broncos. So they don't even really intend to suspend or fine him, but under the new collective bargaining agreement, he could serve a three game suspension, which probably won't even happen until next season until he like does his trial and everything. And the three game suspension would probably cost him around $800,000. So, okay. So what is the collective bargaining agreement? Um, it's through the NFL and the players association. So I guess, you know, it's, it's really up to the NFL, what sentence or what kind of a punishment they're going to give to Melvin Gordon. Got it. Okay. So, I mean, this is one of those times where we need to understand and we need to remember that he is innocent until proven guilty, right? Correct. So he is not on a trial yet. Obviously he blew Lord knows what couldn't do his field sobriety test was going 71 and a 35, but technically speaking, they cannot punish him. They being the Denver Broncos cannot punish him or the NFL cannot punish him until he gets that guilty verdict. Is that correct? I would think so. Yes. Got it. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about this two to three week suspension for a DUI, especially 71 and a 35 DUI. Right. I Do mean, you, when I, when I heard it was just a three week suspension, I was like, I mean, that could, he could have not just killed nothing. himself, but killed somebody else. And I, I mean, it's obviously not up to your place of employment to punish you. I mean, I think that's, you know, the, the court of law's job to do, but I do think that a lot of times these athletes think that they're untouchable and they can yeah. do any and everything that they want to do and not get in trouble for it. And the only way that I feel like these, these laws, these rules, these, um, you know, arrests, whatever are going to stick with them is if their coaches or the NFL punish them. I mean, I don't really know what that looks like. Right. And again, he's innocent until proven guilty, but I ter- personally do not think that 71 and a 35 drunk a two to three week suspension is going to do anything for him, but, Uh, and what is $800,000 to Melvin Gordon? It's nothing. Right. I know. I know. And I'm just thinking like, he's young, right. He's probably, he's a young running back. He's probably 25 years old. Like he just, he feels um, invincible. He, yes. And I mean, there is, 
this whole theory and I forget the name of the podcast, but they had a documentary about Aaron Rodriguez and his whole story and just how he was told yes, like his entire life. And he just like never really understood punishment. I feel like there's this stigma around professional athletes, mainly professional football players. And it's just like, they can do whatever they want to do because they've never been punished in their entire life, but they've been told yes, since such a young age. And so it's, you know, the age old question of they're making their colleges so much money from, for being so good. And same with the NFL, you know, all these fans are paying for tickets because their team is so good because of Melvin Gordon and their running team, whatever. But it's just like, again, you know, two to three weeks suspension for a DUI, especially one of this caliber isn't right. enough. I don't know. I would say, no, I don't really know. I'm not a professional. I don't know what the punishment should be, but I think it needs to be more than this. I agree wholeheartedly with wholeheartedly with you, Sarah. And two, like if you're too drunk to stand up, you're too drunk to be driving, bro. Don't yeah. get behind the wheel. It's simple. You, you know, have enough money to hire a car service or for an Uber, like the normal person, even in an Uber, Uber black. Right. I mean, I am mad because Uber X now you have to have three people instead of four because they don't want people sitting in the front anymore. Right, right. And I'm like, I do not want to pay the extra money for an Uber XL, but Melvin Gordon, guess what? You have enough money. You can get an Uber black. So I don't even want to hear it. Exactly. But while we're spilling the tea about Melvin Gordon, let's talk about Jordan Woods, Sarah. Okay. So we need to remind everybody who Jordan Woods is. So she is the old BFF of Kylie Jenner and was caught making out with Khloe Kardashian's baby daddy, Tristan Thompson. And went through a storm through the media after it happened saying like that she was seducing Tristan and, um, and mind you, this was all whenever Khloe was pregnant, right? This happened. Yes. This happened like the day before she was supposed to give birth. That's right. That's right. And there's definitely conflicting stories on whether Jordan was the one who initiated or whether Tristan was the one who initiated it. Um, and I think Jordan came on, um, Jada Pinkett Smith's like, I watched that segment, Sarah, me too, Christine red couch talk or whatever it's called and asked Jordan, like all these questions and she was emotional and it seemed like, very authentic. And she was just like, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. I mean, it was like the odd hours of the morning. They'd all been out partying, partying the night before. And she said her story is that Tristan, you know, kind of took her off guard and kissed her on the way out. And she was just like, Whoa, what happened? Let's pretend that didn't happen. And she didn't tell anybody about it, which obviously bit her in the rear end. So, right. Right. And after I watched that segment, I felt for the girl, I felt bad but I also was like, I mean, that was definitely shitty, right? Like I think about, or put myself in Kylie's shoes. If, if my sister did that to me, how would I feel? Right. Yeah. I know. I know. And- well, I mean, I also, I don't know. It's like you feel for the girl, but then also whenever you think about if one of my best friends made out with or kissed one of our boyfriends or significant an, others, it would be an easy reaction for us. It would be like, get the fuck off. Like, it would game over. That's right. Like this is not like, I'm going to make out with you too. It wouldn't like, I'm never too drunk to realize what I'm doing. Correct. Like not an excuse. 
what are you doing? Exactly. exactly. Yep. And it, would it would be a call to my friend the very second that it happened. Like, listen, what just happened? I need you to know what your dude just did. Right. Exactly. So all of that to say she's been a little bit out of the media. Yeah. Yeah. So she hasn't really been on Instagram. I follow her. Um, she hasn't really been in the tabloids cause Kylie, you know, of course had her all over her Instagram. And then all of a sudden I feel like out of nowhere, she just pops up on Instagram with her new boyfriend, Carl Anthony towns for the NBA. So they yeah. posted a picture of themselves it was so cute on the beach and her one piece. I mean, themselves, like, this is the second like time that I'm talking about the female rear end on this podcast, but Jordan <laughs> Woods has a great, butt. she does so, she's absolutely beautiful. She's gorgeous. And I really appreciated the beach pic. So thank you, Jordan, for gracing us with that picture. And they seem really in love, Sarah. And like, to me, I think she messed up and you know, that was a learning experience in her life for her, but now She's with a new dude and they look really happy. Yeah. And I think everybody deserves love. So I'm really happy for her and I'm really happy for him because he looks just as equally in love with her. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how it all plays out. But yep, she's back in the tabloids now with a new boyfriend. So go Jordan. We're here for it. Well, since we're on the new, new relationship news, let's chat new, new rules in college football. Any fair catch caught inside of the 25 yard line is considered a touchback. Right. So Sarah, tell us like what a touchback is. So a touchback is when there's a kickoff or a punt and the ball goes through the end zone or lands in the end zone and then, um, jumps out of bounds. You get the ball on the 25 yard line in college football. So this new rule is that if you fair catch the ball, Within the 25-yard line, instead of needing the ball to go through the end zone to get a touchback, the player who is receiving the ball can call fair catch within that 25-yard line, and it can be on the three, it could be on the five, it can be on the nine, it can be on the 10, and they get that ball on the 25-yard line. So question, so if the team were to punt the ball, right, and they call a fair catch, and it hits the one yard line. Is the other team allowed to grab the ball or is it an, and like keep it at the one yard line or is it automatically brought to the 25 every time? Okay. So what you're asking is if the receiver calls right. fair catch and then moves out of the way and, and the team, the kicking team stops the ball or catches the ball on the one yard line before it goes into the end zone. Right. Cause usually it's placed right there. That's still the deal. Okay. That's still the deal. Yes. So if what Christine's asking in a fair catch, I'm like, I'm doing it on video, you guys, but you can't see, but you basically are, you'll see these receivers, uh, these kickoff receivers or punt receivers, um, waving their hands in the air. It's like, they're waving to their friend. Who's on the other side of the room. Like, hi, hi, it's me. Hey, Sarah here. Remember me? And so they're like waving their hand in the air. Next time that you watch a football game and somebody fair catches the ball, you'll see what you re- you'll remember, whatever I'm, um, what I'm talking about, but 
they wave their hand in the air and that's when they're calling fair catch. So if they catch the ball in college from the goal line or really the one yard line through the 25 yard line, they will get that ball on the 25. What Christine just asked is if I fair catch it. So I waved my friend across the room. I say that I'm going to fair catch it. And then I don't catch it. And I move out of the way and the kicking team stops the ball on the one yard line or the 10 yard line where the kicking team touches the ball and has possession of the ball. That's where the receiving team will start on offense. Got it. Got it. You explained that really well. Thank um, you. So what are the, what were the previous rules before they made this change? Yeah. So the previous rules were, um, wherever you fair caught the ball, wherever you waved your hand in the air and said, I'm going to catch the ball here. I'm being, I'm fair catching it. That's where the ball would stay for the offense to then come over and start their offensive drive towards the end zone. So if you fair caught it on the one yard line, you got the ball on the one yard line. If you fair caught it on the 10, you got it on the 10, the 20, you got it on the 20. But now I think because they, they changed the rule, Christine, I think to kick returns and punt returns are the, one of the most dangerous series of plays in football. So yes, because if you, you think about it, they're running at each other, like full full speed speed. Yes. They're running at each other full speed. And the guy who's catching the ball is looking up in the air, trying to catch the ball. He has no idea what's in front of him. So what you would see in the olden days, I think it was probably 10 years ago, college football and NFL are these punt return or kick return guys getting laid out. And there were so many injuries, mainly head injuries that came of it. And so it's just like, okay, how do we, how do we remedy this? And it's moving the ball forward. So the kick is a shorter kick for the kicker so that there's more touchbacks. And now it's, um, we've, they've incentivized the kick and punt returners to fair catch it so that they can get it on the 25 yard line. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so many rule changes, not just in college, but also in the NFL, Christine, is there anything new with COVID this week? So no new COVID rules. However, Cam Newton is back after having COVID and he had his very first game this past Sunday and he made a very unspectacular return to action after missing one game, I believe due to his COVID illness. Well, I mean, okay. So let's put this into perspective into like real people, right? Like you get sick and you feel like for a while, I feel like it really runs you down. Right? Christine, even just trying to go back to like the, like a normal gym for me is like, I get on I'm a treadmill. For, right. I'm usually out for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I get on a treadmill and it's like 20 seconds into it. I'm like, I think I'm dying. I think I'm dying. (laughs) I know I'm technically over whatever illness I have, but like, I need a little bit more time. And so, yeah, he might toll on your body. Yes. A total toll. And so it might, you know, his tests might come back negative, but it doesn't mean that the lingering effects of the coronavirus aren't still in his body. So I think two things, right. It's not fair that it's like, okay, your COVID test is negative back to work. I mean, I guess it's his full-time job. And so you're expected to get well and get well soon, but put yourself in his shoes. I mean, he felt 
terrible. I can only imagine how awful he felt. And then he was out for one week and not even like given an extra week just to recoup. And now Cam's expected to make a full recovery within a week and a half to come back and play a professional football game. And he just got over coronavirus. He's not even over it. He just tests negative for coronavirus. So Right. And it's not, it's that too, but like also the pressure coming back of missing the game. He knows everyone's going to be talking about him. I feel like he was like one of the very first, like major guys to get COVID in the NFL. So everybody's going to be like looking to him and see how he's doing and da, 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 da. da, And he didn't play well. So, and they lost, I mean, they lost 18 to 12 to the Broncos, but in this press conference, he was saying, he was like, you know what? I'm not going to blame us on COVID. I need to play better and I'm going to come out next game and I'm going to play better. So well, good. So Cam flopped, but let's hope the starting QB for the Miami Dolphins does not. Tua Tago Viola yes. is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins now. It's Tua time. So you'll be hearing this week a lot of it's Tua time, right? So let's rewind. Who was Tua? I can't say his name. I always want to say Tonga Vailoa, but it's not. I throw an N in there. Viola. Right. He's Hawaiian. Thank you, Christine. So um, it is Tua time. So rewind a year ago, almost to the day he broke his hip or dislocated his hip and broke something around that region whenever he was playing for Alabama. And there was all this question around how he was going to do with the NBA. NFL. Was he going to rehab? How was he going to get chosen in the draft? So he leaves Alabama, declares the NFL draft, gets picked up by the Miami Dolphins, but does not start. So Ryan Fitzpatrick starts. Um, Ryan's, Ryan Fitzpatrick is known for his beard and his Fu Manchu. For those of you that don't know, Google it. It is, it is very impressive. But all of that to say, last week, um, Tua was put in through a few balls, um, in this past week's game. And as of today is named the starting quarterback for the Miami dolphins. So good for you Tua. you have made a complete 180, your recovery and your injury. It's not like it's never going to be talked about ever again, but you sure did shut up those haters. Hell yeah. And I can't wait to see how he does, but I know me too. Since, since we're on quarterbacks, let's talk Teddy B. So Christine, how, I guess we were there. I'm not going to ask you how Teddy B did, right? I mean, we were there. We watched the whole thing in person. We watched it live. And I must say, I was a little disappointed in our Teddy. I know we were on the Teddy train. I mean, obviously coming after multiple weeks of wins, we were all on this high and we had so many opportunities to win this game this past week. The Panthers played the Chicago bears at home and he, how many interceptions did he have? He had two interceptions that game and And one at a crucial moment. I was going to say, and one at the end of the game, Christine, when we got, so it was like the two minute warning Chicago had the ball. Yeah. And I was like, if our defense can stop him here, Teddy's going to get the ball back with like a minute and a half left. And it's, it's going to be Teddy time. Right. And we get the ball back. And what happens? He throws an interception. He throws a freaking interception. Yeah. So. so that was brutal. And that was hard to watch. And I mean, up until this point, statistically speaking, I don't want to get too involved in it because that's boring, but he was one of the best in the leagues, Teddy Bridgewater from a stats perspective. 
six most passing yards and the highest completion percentage, which a completion completion percentage is when the quarterback throws the ball and it's caught pretty much. Right. Exactly. So he was very accurate. Um, So he had a high completion percentage. So he's very accurate. He also was mobile. He got yards on his feet. He kind of took the whole team under his wing. And again, I think he did have one bad game and, you know, we're moving on, but why it hurts so bad is because the rest of our team, Christine played really well. I was going to say, Sarah, our defense played so well and it gave our offense the chance to play really well, but they kind of, for lack of a better term, they just did not play as well as the defense. Yeah. Um, But our defense limited foals to under 200 yards and got an interception, which gave our offense the opportunity to come back, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, I know. And Nick Foles, for those of you that don't know, is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Well, the Panthers took a big L this week and obviously we're sad about it, but you know who I love to watch lose Christine who cheaters, the trash can banging crotch zooming cheaters of a team, the Houston Astros lost and they lost to the Tampa Bay Rays. And I love every second of it. Me too, Sarah. When I saw the Astros lose, I was jumping up and down. They are not the team that I wanted to see go to the World Series. The Tampa Bay Rays versus the Dodgers, which is also a little bit sad because I really wanted to see the Braves win, but it's fine. The Dodgers and the Rays. I know. As you guys know who listened to our bonus episode, um, baseball guy Steve is a huge Braves fan. And Christine and I both live on the East Coast. And so we were cheering for the Braves too, but in true Atlanta Atlanta professional sports team fashion they gave up a huge lead of three games to one and the Dodgers came back to win four games to three what is it about the Atlanta teams that love to give up a a big lead I just I don't get it I know I don't get it either I don't get it but but. I do think that Steve the baseball guy said it in the best terms and it was quite the cheek clencher the entire series yes it definitely was it definitely was all right Christine so the big question of the day is who you got in the world series. I mean, obviously we all know I like a good underdog. The Rays have only been to one world series and they lost. So they don't have the title under their belt. The Dodgers have won six times. So I'm going to be cheering for the Rays. Okay. So do you think it's going to go full seven games? You know what? Yeah. I think I, I think it's going to go a full seven games. So you are, we're going to be cheering. I'm going to be cheering for the Rays too, but what's your guess on the series total. Is it going to be four games to three? How's it going to work? I think it's going to be four games to the Rays, three to the Dodgers. All right. I think the Rays are going to come out guns a blazing and they're going to beat the Dodgers four games to two. Let's see. I'm excited, Sarah. That's what I'm looking forward to tonight. And I never thought I would say this, but thanks to Steve, the baseball guy, I am all for the world series. And I told Michael, my husband, I was like, there's no football on tonight, but the world series is on tonight, the start of it. So we're turning it on and I can't wait to watch it. I know. Seriously, Steve, the baseball guy. Thank you for all of the knowledge. We definitely enjoy baseball a lot more because of you. So that is it for episode four of it. Sports make sure you hit that subscribe button on our podcast, follow us on Instagram and tune in next week for our next episode. As always, thank you, Katie Kloshani, for your amazing editing skills. We will see you guys next week.